Chocolate Factory is really Charlie, about Charlie, mm-hmm. and Willy Wonka is this character. That's what it is. J.G. Yeah, Wentworth for sure. is the is the the motivation yeah. behind the main character. Not that's right. Like that's this. right. Just kind of a like, really boring. Like an over, like a, but like an overwhelming presence. Within. Exactly. Like Beetlejuice. Or Emmanuel Goldstein in 1984. It's not about yeah. him, but he's the yes. He's the motivator. See? It's just this financial office that's the equivalent Gee, of Willy Wonka's chart, yeah. the chocolate factory, mixed yeah. with the Ministry of, of Information. So they're like chaos. It's yeah. just like we don't need to put stamps on anything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, you guys, let me know. I'll, I'll we'll come out of retirement and we'll press it for you. All right. Be good. That sounds good. Uh, okay. What else do you want to tell me? <laughs> I don't I feel know. Like we, I feel like we haven't haven't delved into that which is Chad Opitz. Oh, man. That's Has he okay. told yeah. you <laughs> lately that he loves you? <laughs> so the songs you write, are yes. they – this is sincerity now. The ones in, for stand-up? No, no. Do you – I don't know how to. I, okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> in no way this is this is a sincere question. This is like a person going to a blind guy mm-hmm. with no prejudice and saying, "Hey, how do you do such and such being blind?" So that's how I'm asking you. This is with sincerity okay. and genuineness. Yeah. Do you write songs that aren't comical or novelty in nature? Yeah, I've done some. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is Generally, that, uh, the things just tend to go that direction with me. Yeah. I tend to get goofy now, like. But I have written songs that are serious. Randy Newman style goofy or weird no, Al goofy? like more like nuttier than that for yeah. sure. I love Randy Newman. Yeah, I'm seeing him. He's gonna be at Hardly Strictly. Oh, is he? Year. And I'm going, but I already bought a ticket to see him in Napa. Oh, are you going? You going to see him in Napa? Dude. Are you? I'm like, I'm in the. Oh, the stage the is back. too high. You're not gonna see the monkey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's not gonna be a chandelier swinging. Yeah. Over our it's gonna suck. This concert oh is ruined. <laughs> Dude, I love Randy Newman. Yeah. Okay, so the music is something, but you would continue to incorporate it um, into the act. Yeah, I mean, I I used to be really like, oh, I can't put them together, yeah. but like, it's not like I'm busting out like an instrument or anything. I just do it vocals. Right. Uh, and it's been really fun. I like having a variety of stuff in my set. Have you ever thought of, you know, and again, I'm not. Well, he, uh, brought, he brought up J.G. Wentworth. I have a bit about Robocopra. Tell me. Or do you, can you not let it out? No, it's fine. It's just one of those things. I had, I've had I've had people come up to me after the, the show shows and be like, you got to Robocopra. Like, and I've had like Jesse Hetz talk to me about it. It's a good bit. John Gallagher. It's a solid idea. Or like, dude, you got to. Make a longer. Can can you tell us thing. about it, or do you want to keep it under the? No, it's fine. It's like I just have a bit where I talk. I open it by talking about Golden Gate Fields, actually, and like the Dollar Days thing, and like how I like that juxtaposition of like highbrow and lowbrow culture, uh-huh. like kind of coming together, and scaring each other. Yeah, I love yeah. that, and like I want to see. Like I was like, so I'd love to go to the opera and see like, and then I do a piece of from Robocopra, and um. Yeah, it's fun, and I, th- I think it, man. If, but if I did want to do it, I definitely want to do it right. Like I had some guy say he wanted would be willing to make like a music video or something for it. Yeah, but I don't know. We'll see if it ever like comes out. But you know, it, I wouldn't like want a it to be trailer of some sort. Yeah, so that'd be oh man, that'd be really cool to that do. That would be very cool. Yeah. Well, I'll continue now that I've got your phone number. By the way, you called me, so I'm just gonna be constantly texting. There we you. Go. When are you gonna do it? When are you gonna do it? <laughs> Now, I know you've got a show to do tonight. Move closer it's, to the window. We're very close to 7 o'clock. So I would like to th- – because we had a second half if we had had time. Oh. Um, I've been threatening to do a show because – Actually, this the, the podcast 
is actually supposed to have interesting stuff about <laughs> San Francisco. I've been threatening to do a show. Like, what? No, <laughs> yeah. no. so oftentimes we'll be talking about different history or, or different aspects of San Francisco. And I thought we would do islands hmm. of San Francisco, um, which we're not going to really have time uh, for that. But the reason why that popped into my head, I've been saying, hey, we should do one about the islands, about the islands. And not long ago, you got to spend the night at East Brother Island. I did. Uh, I know the caretakers. The, yeah, how, so tell me because they're new, right? Because there they're was, new. I remember last year, maybe six nine months ago, there was a job opening, and they yeah. said one has to be a chef and one has to be a captain. Yep. Wow. And it's a couple. I know. I used to work with uh, the woman. <laughs> That's specific. Can you imagine that? Like we're both Isn't unemployed. It? I'm a chef. He's a captain. It's true. That's what exactly what it was. They were living in. They were living in. Uh, they were down in New Zealand for like a trip for like months. And he's a he's a boat captain, right? And she's a a cook, and yeah. she w- used to run a, a like a bed and breakfast in like Port Towns in Washington. So like it's just these weird skills that all like perfect for this like bizarre caretaker job. But it's beautiful. It's so nice out there. Yeah, it's really really cool. And like they just let me have they could, they have their own separate quarters off from the main house and like yeah. lighthouse. And they're like, well, you have the house for the night. So I was just all alone in that big, huge house. Were you there for a gig, or did you just? No, no. I just know. I know you them. Just stayed on it. And they hit me up, and we're like, well, we have a like Monday through Wednesday free because they like Thursday through Sunday they have people that come out. And oh, spend it's only the, Thursday spend the through night. Sunday. Just Thursday through Sunday, and then oh. they have Monday through Wednesday off. And they're like, but if you contact us one of those days, you can just spend the night there. And I had it was like the night before Fourth of July because I knew I wouldn't have to go to work that yeah. day. I was like, can I come over on Monday? Like, and he yeah. comes and picks you up in the boat. Picked me takes up in a boat. There? They even picked me up. They picked me up at the Bart station out there, and then they drove me to the uh, to the. Did marina. you have to go out to the to the East Bay, or did they pick you up yeah. here in San Francisco? No, I went to um, Richmond. Oh, okay. And then yeah. they they drove to the really like couple mile, really rocky like uh, drive to this marina, and then they were telling me all these things. There's like there's this guy that. They call the clown man that lives here at the marina, and he's—I really wanted to see the clown man. Like he no, just sits didn't. in his boathouse. <laughs> he sits in his boathouse dressed like a clown. I was like, that sounds so awesomely nightmarish. But uh, I didn't—I didn't see him. Oh, he missed but, the clown man. Yeah. Oh, that might be the. Like, is he waving because he's a clown, or just because he's on a boat? <laughs> <laughs> but it was so cool. It was such a cool experience. So you can you go back anytime you want, and would you? I mean, I for sure will hit him up. I don't want to like over. Right. You know, I don't want to do it like every month. Yeah. But uh, yeah, f- probably in a couple months I'll be like, uh, I want to come back out there. It's well, so peaceful. Get him to to tell you the history. Mm-hmm. You know all the little inside stories he's probably learned. I know there was a couple caretakers were there like twenty plus years, uh-huh. and like one around the turn of the century, and one yeah. in the nineteen twenties or thirties. They or something they like did that. tell me about a lot of that yeah. stuff. They have like they had like a board up that had all the names of the right. caretakers and like how long they've done it. Yeah. And they're on a two year contract there. Do you know how how much it is to stay there? It's a you... lot. It's like um, I think it's like four hundred dollars. Oh, your way's better. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, <laughs> but it is really. I mean, honestly, if it's a special occasion thing, it's worth it. Like yeah. you, they they make you a meal and like uh, they give you like free wine if you want it, and then uh, you get breakfast. They make you breakfast. Worth. <laughs> yeah, it, it's super. It's super cool. But it's you're also not alone. Like there's like I think there's four rooms in the house. Uh huh. So there's four like couples that are gonna, you know, right? So you kind of that's part of it's kind of bizarre to me that you have to like, you have to interact with these other couples and stuff. So it seems like what if you don't get along with them and have a crappy night? How many restrooms are there? There's only two. 
I probably want to get my body regulated before I consider this. Oh, that, that was another aspect. Like, they didn't like you. They didn't. You can't take showers. You can't take showers. Yeah, because it's like they there's no water. Like, I they it's had all, like a fifty thousand ga- gallon cistern. They keep yeah, on but it's out. like you know they, it's captured by like rainfall and yeah, stuff. Yeah. So like it's it's very limited. Oh, but you can take baths. Huh? No, 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 no. <laughs> so you cannot wash. You can't take a shower. But you could. They have a bath. You could take a bath. What? Okay. Uh, no, this you, is can, hard. you, you can, understand what I'm trying to ask, yeah, right? Yeah. You can clean yourself with water. Um, they w- they prefer you not to. Wow. If you're on the island, because you're only there one night. I, I know. So they, I'm I, paying 400 <laughs> bucks. I should be able to take a shower. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't walk around second night. We're like, we're ready to go home. That the, yeah, the part that like, kind of boggled my mind. She's like, and also try not to like take a dump. I was like, what? Try like, not. I can't. Like, that's not, I have no control over this situation. Do you situation. think if I had that power, I would not utilize yeah. it all the time? So I was, like, all nervous when I did. And, like, it took a, I, like, I was like, can they hear me flushing or something? Like, <laughs> don't use the water. So there's people going on romantic yeah. getaways yeah, yeah. overnights. Yeah. They're all lighthouse up island, and unwashed. And they're like, well, I don't see any reason why neither one of you would need to bathe yourselves exactly. at any point on this yeah, trip. Yeah. Yep. All right. Like, well, there goes the romance. Stinky, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Super funny. Well, maybe we can get them to come on. Maybe. maybe really? Oh, I don't know. I'll, cool. I'll, I'll throw it out there for well, them. Well, let me ask you this. Did you have any fun at all? I mean, I we'll, we'll accept like just a little tonight, bit. Today? Yeah, yeah, tonight. Oh, yeah, yeah, we get fun. Yeah. Would you like to come back another time? Sure. We'll get some yeah, more so more tonight, information out of you. When you're walking see if we can get the street, you in. They're the people that you meet each day. <laughs> Thank you, Chad. Thank you so much. Bye. <laughs> um, that stealth cat sounds fun. Yeah, well, I'll let you guys know because I think we're we're recording next week, and if you guys wanted to come, maybe do a voice, maybe just, it's going to be more of a party. We'll have a, uh, you know, I know there's some people who just want to come here and listen to us do it, mm-hmm. but uh, I'll let you guys know. I'll let okay. the throng know as well. Although the throng, I feel, uh, no, you have no you interest guys are from anymore. <laughs> He's like, this isn't the best of. Doing anything? This is no fun. They're conditioned, uh, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. Everything. They got juice. They got grapes, cookies. That's right. Cheez-its. We knew it wouldn't be entertaining. That's why we filled you up on fruit. Yeah, that's yeah. for you. Yeah. That's oh, true. Do it. Uh, so oh, he line. listens. He listens. He knows grape the show. Aid. Yeah, Grape Arizona. I've been trying to get them to sponsor the show for the Grape Aid. Yeah, grape Arizona. Oh, so yeah, I love them. Yeah, but no, but very funny, and I know I've been jacking with you all night, and you know, uh, <laughs> it's hard too, time. It's this too hot the for these jokes. <laughs> but uh, no, ch- very funny. Uh, I really enjoyed seeing you the other night live. Um, Thank you. That was a good show. Like you're a good audience you're, member. I'm dude. a fantastic audience member. You really are. But uh, love the way you incorporated, like you were saying before. It's it's not just up there, you know, mm-hmm. telling jokes. It's it's a whole thing. So I encourage people to go see you, and um, especially at the old folks' home. Yeah, That'll Walnut Creek. <laughs> and we're, we're pulling for you. You'll keep us up to date uh, on how you're doing on that? Yeah, and I on, think on the, the comedy competition. The competi- if you follow that page, the San Francisco Comedy Competition I page. I don't want to put out energy. Well, okay. Well, I just want you to tell me. <laughs> All right. I'll okay. do that. I'll just All let right, you I guess know. I'll follow. <laughs> Use personal texts. I left my heart. San Francisco. All right, let's start off by thanking the throng for sitting through the whole thing. Thank you guys for being in here. I'm sorry I lied to you. And also the throng that's listening, we want to thank you guys. And the key is remember to share. 
find an episode you like and then have them listen to that, and then that might trick them into listening to more. Also, please remember the Amazon button. That little trickle helps us out. Also, remember Patreon. And our guest, Chad Opitz, who uh, we thank. We're going to give him applause for being with us tonight. He was great. Do you want to plug stuff you got coming up? Yeah, just chatopitz.com. Twitter, Instagram, at chatopitz. Do you have your dates coming up on there? Yeah, Okay. they're all up on the so website. So they can look at that. Chatopitz.com. Andrew, what you got going on the different places? Well, uh, every Tuesday at the Milk Bar on Haight Street in San Francisco. It's an 8 o'clock show. Uh, the last Monday of every month at the right spot on 17th and Folsom in the Mission, also in San Francisco. And then every Friday at Piano Fight at 144 Taylor Street. Thank you very much. Oh, and let's also hope that Pete gets well soon. He had some minor surgery, and we're looking forward to seeing him back. But, Andrew, thank you very much for coming. And you should all be ashamed of yourselves. San Francisco, your golden sun will shine for me. Thank you. If you don't mind, I'd like to do it again. What we have here is failure to communicate. You are destroying the integrity of the play. I was like, we're making it pretty awesome, I'd say. Really, I have little interest in you. You're the villain on your own show, SK. I could huck a mean disc, golf disc. Uh, look at me. Of course I've got health problems. How did you find that out, you psycho? Women and arms are huge yeah. mortal enemies. Smell colorful memories. That little trickle helps us out. I just want to be friends with ice cream. What are you talking about? She's in her brain. She's swimming through an ocean of sprinkles. Well, growing up, ice cream was my only friend. He's swimming in an ocean of sprinkles right now. There's nothing for millennials to do in New York. It's just a wasteland. And I want to create something where people can swim in an ocean of sprinkles. I really wanted to see the clown man. These are my many songs. <laughs> Shake it up, baby. You know, twist and shout. Alcoa can't wait. I have an annuity and I need cash now. Now I'll punch you in the face. Has he told you lately that he loves you? <laughs> Ooh, I do like Slim Whitman. There's something happening here. The Cadillac of cars. What would they say <laughs> if we're together? Everything just as fast as we can. Someone pat him on the head. That was very nice. You're well soon, Pete. Save me. Yeah, this whole thing sounds so stupid. We knew it wouldn't be entertaining. That's why we filled you up on fruit. Bye. I said good day, sir.
Smashing Pumpkins coming your way, then Joanna Bateman giving a call. Exciting, exciting stuff here. Friday night, end of March, MutinyRadio.fm. Joining me right now on the phone, Joanna Bateman. Hey, what's up? Hey, 
What's up, Pam? What's up, Mutiny? How's it going? Woo! Yeah, that's where the crowd would like, woo! And, uh, and I'd be like, yeah, what up, Mission District? And the crowd would go like, woohoo! And I'd be like, yeah, San Francisco, what up? Are you, are you not crowd, in SF right now? Am I, no, I am. I'm in SF. Oh, okay. I would be like, what up, SF? Okay, and then sweet. SF crowd would be like, yeah. And then I'd be like, what up, California? <laughs> and then I'd be like, what up, America? Then people would be like, well, not so much. I don't know. I don't know. How are you feeling about the state of things, Pam? How uh, are you? How are you feeling? I, you know, uh, no, absolutely nothing's different for me. I mean, I, I've I've always been poor. The same people still don't have housing in the Tenderloin. I was looking out my window and there's this guy called Fuck My Life because he always just stares at himself and goes like, Fuck My Life! So I call him yeah. Fuck My Life. Yeah. And his He's whole life there. is exactly the same. Every There is not one thing has changed for him. <laughs> not one thing. So I think it, a lot of it has to do with That's perspective. Great. Like, Yeah, no, I totally feel that. Perspective. My life has, my life, you know, my life, it's, I'm kind of a germ freak, so I'm really grateful that, like, everybody's respecting each other's distances. I'm like, can you imagine if this had happened? Like, if this had been the response to the Me Too movement, <laughs> like, if after <laughs> Harvey Weinstein got, like, totally tanked and, you know, Louis C.K. and all those guys and freaking everybody, can you imagine if the next day you went out to go to the grocery and everybody was like giving you six feet distance, like, and nobody was like talking to you who you didn't know, and nobody was like, it would be like, oh my God, like people get it, like respect my space, like yeah. I don't want anybody to talk to me right now. So, but there, but then, but then you, then you see like grown men in the grocery store with like a list and like a pencil, and they're like hyperventilating like they've never done it before in their lives and they're like staring at the list and scratching you know potato off on the list and they're just like barely breathing because they're so just like freaked out that that their caretaker for their children isn't there anymore and that the maid isn't there anymore and they're like ah honey you got a dust like this place is a mess and she's like i don't normally do that we pay somebody to do that and it's like Who's walking our dogs? I don't know. We pay somebody to do that, too. It's like, who's teaching our kids? I don't know. We pay somebody to do that, too. Like, everybody's having to, like, do this shit that other people do for them. It's like, I don't know. I feel like people are really, like, having to take a real good, hard look at their life choices and, like, face what they've made in their lives who's living my life from it right now who's living my life i i pay someone to do that exactly so I that i can just watch netflix to... no i'm kidding i don't want to watch exactly. any netflix yeah i don't watch any netflix but i'm watching i'm watching uh the science of food right now they just Ooh. they just uh they just uh like put uh, breast milk in a in a scientific like breakdown of its elements sweet broke it down into the fat uh and the 22 percent fat baby carb i know i was like i want pam breast milk yeah. with the th cheese yeah cbds thcs i mean so many cannabinoids <laughs> so many usable cannabinoids yes 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 
So how so, are you? How are you faring? Because obviously I, there's no yoga. I mean, you can yoga in your house. Are you like? Are you like doing live stream yoga on Zoom, like where people are all? There, yes, yes, yes. There are. I I am not per- I am not personally doing that, uh, but I did watch my friend because I I'm not a yoga teacher. I'm just a checker inner at oh, the studio. So my job got shut down real quick. I got told on you know Monday the 16th that we were shutting everything down and. So I filed for unemployment, and I, you know, am uh, cooking and uh, taking care of my uh, my man because oh. he can't go out to eat as much. And like, so for the first time in our four years, I'm like cooking on the regular and like enjoying, like you know, he's eating at home because he was like kind of like addicted to eating out and stuff. Oh. So that's been an interesting thing, like. Figuring out, you know, it's like, yeah, it's been interesting. I, I've enjoyed it, actually. It's been kind of rewarding. It's like, look at my frontiers woman skills coming into play. Like, Hell look yeah. at these genes, these farmer genes, these women. I, I know how to feed a man. I can keep you full. I'm, I feel, I feel, yeah. I'm hoping it's, all, it's worse than we think it is because supposedly we're going to be off all of this on April 7th. And I'm like, no. Double down, make it crazier. Let's make this apocalypse roll, man. Let's get to it. Let's get to the yeah. let's, let's get to the fun part, like the dangerous part. Like when I get to go get my new house. There's a house. Yeah. There's a house I'm gonna yeah. get. How's my house now? Uh, exactly. Yes. Let's keep this thing rolling. Just a couple more months. Just like, a couple more on, months. Just let everybody get a little more desperate, and then my skills really come to fruition. <laughs> Now, then, then my ability to murder pigeons and eat them is going to, over an open fire, it's really going to yeah, take into effect. Yeah, my ability to, like, skin a trout, you know, what? from my bird bath that Hell I, yeah. like, made from just digging a hole and, like, so, you know, like, I want to, I want to be a bear in the river that all of a sudden gets made because human beings, you know, I don't know. Yeah. All I know is, Pam, that um, I am I am actually doing something on the Instagrams that I want to promote to anybody who's cool. listening right now. I'm doing an Instagram live talk show on Monday through Thursday from 12.45 to 1.45 Pacific time. And uh, you can tune in on the live, Instagram live, Joanna. It's going to be called Upbeat with Joanna Bateman. <laughs> and, like, I'd love to, uh, yeah, interview you. You can come. All you have to do is see my little circle on Instagram live, and uh, you can just press request uh, to join my live show. And uh, several comedians are going to be on there, and uh, we're just going to, like, I'm just going to try to have a, creative outlet much uh, much like you have Pam right Sweet. now yeah you're gonna a, to- a talk show that's great yeah this, yeah a talk this, show with this... like gardening and like crafts and like sure. and comedy at the end and you know like a song and dance portion well Keep I know light. you've got your cooking down now you said you've been practicing the cooking so you've got the whole exactly yeah how to feed your beast how to and feed your beast steps <laughs> I remember your joke when he leaves the house and then you pull your boob out and you're like, Rah! 
and then you get the peanut yeah. butter. <laughs> so I have that image in my head right now. I'm like, oh, but he's there. Yeah. So it's she's not going to let the tentacles out to get the peanut butter exactly, jar. Exactly, exactly. Now it, I feel more like, I feel less like a girlfriend and more like a lieutenant <laughs> right now. <laughs> You're on the I same definitely army. Feel like, yeah, I definitely feel like I'm like, what is it today, Sarge? Like, what do you need? What is it that we need today? Oh, that's very like, sweet. So you're like yeah, Team Apocalypse. Yeah. yeah, we're Team Apocalypse. Uh, we went to the track today, the Kizar Stadium track. Oh. And uh, that was a little risky because you can't really stay six feet apart all the time because if you pass somebody or if you get passed on the track, like, they're... Well, also, and then, if you're running, you probably aren't going to have a respiratory. I mean, the people that are out running probably saying. aren't sick because it's that's a respiratory disease and you're running. Yeah. So I think yeah, you're fine. I, mean. <laughs> I think. Yeah, but then there was orders today saying that uh, they're advising you that the city of San Francisco is advising to not go anywhere that isn't walking distance from your house. But everything is walking distance in San Francisco. It's seven by seven. Exactly. Boom. That's there like, you go, Pam. I've been walking every day from the Tenderloin here to the Mission to the station because I want mm-hmm. exercise. I'm not just going to sit on my ass all day. Like Exactly. It, it's like two miles. Come on. It, yeah. No big deal. But I don't, I don't want to no become deal. sedentary either. I'm trying to walk every day because... Yeah, exactly. And I'm because it's so easy to fall into. What was that? I said you have to stay strong. Yeah, you have to keep your body moving. Yeah. Well, you don't want to fall into patterns of like waking up super late. Like, I mean, okay, so I haven't been I haven't been drinking that much, and usually in a crisis like this, I'd be like, I'm gonna be drunk all the time, and I I haven't been, but. Yeah, gotta stay healthy. Well, harder, like, wake up in the morning. Harder to not. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know, like so push-ups, drink you, a smoothie, yeah. fucking. Exactly. Yes. Now's the time to optimize your health, and it's like you're doing everything because you're choosing to do it. It's kind of liberating in some form. Like everything you do right now is a choice that you're doing. Yeah. I mean, read. Read a book. Oh my God! Isn't that fun? And people are like, oh, I just yeah. don't have any time to read. It's like, actually, now is a great time. You got time. <laughs> Get a cat. Sam, was... what's your book rec? What's your book recommendation? Right oh, now? well, any... you know, the easiest, the easiest go-to for me for anything is always Stephen King. He's such a great and just incredible writer, and he has such a breadth of work that you can get anything. Like, I, I mean, I'm just about to reread the girl who loved Tom Gordon only because I just saw it on my shelf like yesterday. It's like, oh, I love, and I haven't read it again like this year. And I love, 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 love. It's a deep cut from Stephen King. It's about an 11 year old girl who gets lost in the forest, and there's a bear, but is a bear real? And is she sick? And what's going on? And oh, it's so crazy! It's such a good book. And and he, oh my god, it yeah. sounds awesome. And she's like, and that he's an old. Well, Stephen King's not like an old man, but. He's, but to do a first-person narrative from the eyes of an 11-year-old girl and make it fucking believe, like, make me be like, yeah, like, I'm, I'm cool. in. That's a talent. Right. Yeah, that's so dope. he can do no wrong in my eyes. But uh, there's also, like, super fluffy, fun stuff. I don't know if anybody's ever read um, the Divergence series. Uh, there's four of yeah. them. 
And it yeah. is fluffy and fun, and you could just zip through. It's like TV in your head, and it's Ooh. it's a, it's great. The Divergent series. I know that they made a movie out of it or whatever, but fuck the movie. Don't watch the movie. Read the books. Read the book, Divergent yeah. series. Yeah, Let's do it. Let's yeah, do it's in it. post-apocalyptic um, Chicago. And oh, great. Yeah, That's where Chicago is right now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So, you, but you've been, you've been creative. You've got your show coming up. You've been, I've got my show coming up. I've been in, I've been weeding. I've been weeding the, the, the clovers that come up around where I live and just taking care of like the earth um, outside of my immediate housing. And, um, I filed for unemployment. I look forward to receiving my check. <laughs> like, I'm, uh, uh, you know, it's like Andrew Wang, his like dream is coming true right now. Right. Like, who knew it had to come to a pandemic to get, you know, everybody paid some money. So, yeah, we'll see. I've got some we'll grants see. in the. I've got some grants in the works for because I don't. I don't have any. I can't get any unemployment. It doesn't work you for can't? me. can't? Not from your bar? Well, well, I don't. I only work one day a week there, so it's just not even Aww. worth it to, like, fuck with it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. To, for them to give me 30 bucks and then take half of it or whatever and tap. It just doesn't, yeah. it doesn't make any sense, like, yeah. at all. So I'm just yeah. not in doing that. You're getting but this, the grants. You're getting those artist grants. Yeah, I'm trying because the station, there's just no income here. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. I am like, yeah. ah. but if everything, you know what, everything will work out. I'm not, I'm honestly not afraid. And I've never, this isn't, this apocalypse has been hella fun. I've never had more fun. I've been creative. I've been writing. I've been, everything's been great. Like, yeah, it's like the quarantine is like a residency of some kind. Right. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. It, it really, I it mean, is. I feel take, I feel like as long as I'm taking care of you know, myself and the people like around me and like checking in. And this has been really great. Thanks for having me on. Oh, you're Sam. amazing. Thanks for being there. Well, you can call being anytime to 415-550-0511. But I'm still here for all the open mics I was running. It's just that I ask people to call in or I just play music. And sometimes I yeah. talk because I feel like I need to talk. And sometimes I yeah. play, sometimes I play, mu sometimes I play like the news of what's going on. But I feel like... There's, I don't know what information's coming out. It, it's it's spooky, and I feel like I'm in a movie, and I know that yeah. I'm not because, yeah, because this it, the not. Matrix is cooler. Um, yeah, <laughs> but I feel like the outfits, like my outfits, would be better if this was a movie. I yeah. feel like I feel it like my very, makeup very would be. Someone yeah. would be doing it's my hair. Weird. It would be fluffier. Something. So I know it's not a yeah. movie, but I really feel like it feels like a movie. Like. All bets are off. Burn it down. Like, what's going on? It's, but I also know, people are really being calm about it. And like, I don't well, you have to be, we have to, be. you have to remain calm. That is like, I think that's like the female energy right now. Like what I was describing to my friend, I was like, it's like society had been going to like, and I don't know if you're familiar with this, uh, fitness companies, exercise, uh, like fitness company called orange theory fitness. It's just like everything in the store is orange. They play really, really loud music. It's high-intensity circuit training, and you're like, your blood is like hooked up to some machine, and everybody in the whole workout room can see like your heart rate, and you're 
your the goal of the whole like hour and a half that you're in there is to keep your heart rate in the orange zone Whoa. and it's like insane it's insane workouts it's, it's ludicrous people who take these classes but i know that i know people who do and um it's as though society has been going to these orange theory fitness classes for like a you know 50 year period and we've just been speeding up and speeding up and speeding up and then this just caused everybody to like stop going to their orange theory, theory fitness classes and like a mandatory restorative yin yoga class was like <laughs> placed upon you and it's like everybody's like forced to like have a sandbag over their like genitals and like a bolster underneath their knees and like forehead and like they're just like wrapped in blankets and it's just like it's a very in energy that's just like make you have and you have to surrender to it and try to be in a state of calm because if you're not then you're stuck in this i mean i mean it's it's crazy like it's just crazy like we're, we're not a country that's used to being restricted right we're not a country that's used to thinking about others we're not a country that's used to thinking about other people's health and and the the immediate like repercussions of your actions like we are not a people that think like this right and so like to have to stand six feet apart in line at a grocery store just to get into the grocery store is like so un-american like we aren't used to getting what we want when we want it and moving at this accelerated the, you know the thing money is grabbing pace it seems so dumb to me though that they keep us at six feet distance outside and then you go in and everyone's touching everything anyway like I mean, everywhere we go, like, all of this distancing stuff is, like, if it's going to travel, it's going to travel. Like, if you have it and you go into a store, everything you touch now has it, right? Like, Yeah, but, yo, I'm wearing those gloves. Okay. I'm wearing those gloves. I've got gloves on my hands. I'm not touching. And when I I come home and I I spray everything down, I, like, (laughs) serious. I'm like, I don't want to get it. I don't want to get it. I'm scared of this, like, this thing you, you know, that's, like, traveling. The only thing I'm scared, I'm not scared of getting it. I'm scared of being a vector for it because other people will shame me. My fear with it uh, isn't about getting sick. I'm 45 and I ain't going to get sick. I'm going to be fine when I get it, when everyone gets it or whatever, the cold or whatever it is that we all get. Right, I'm going to be fine. Right. I'm in good shape. I haven't been drinking that much lately. My body's great. I'm eating well. I'm... Yeah. I don't have respiratory issues. I don't have yeah. any high blood pressure. I have really low breath. I mean, I'm healthy. So yeah. I'm not worried about me getting sick myself. I'm worried that if someone, if, if I am a people, carrier, yes. that they could be like, yes. now you're in the FEMA camp. And somehow that, yes. because I do live in a fantasy world and a movie really in my head, I'm like, oh my God. If I got sick, what what are they going to do with the people that are sick? Are they just going to take away their civil liberties and be like, okay, now you're over here. Now you have to live here or you have to stay even the here. people that are well, Pam, even if you're in Los Angeles, the Mercy, the U.S. Navy Mercy ship that came into the port of Los Angeles, they're moving the non-COVID-19 patients onto the Mercy Navy ship. So that they can have room for the COVID patients in the hospital. So wow. how would that feel? You're in the hospital, not for anything scary. Like maybe it's scary, but it's like not COVID nineteen. Yeah. Like, and all of a sudden they're moving you onto a fucking Navy ship hospital. 
I was just <laughs> like, thinking about that. Like, um, I was that's cutting. What's happening right now? I, I was Some cutting. Guy just had a heart attack and was being moved onto the Navy ship hospital. Or the like, I was I was cutting something with a knife, and I thought, oh my god, don't cut yourself, don't cut yourself at any time, because if you actually do cut yourself, yes. you can't go to the hospital to get yes. stitches. Yes. Don't hurt yourself. Don't trip. Don't yes. skateboard. Don't fall off anything. I know. Don't. It's the time to be very don't get, cautious. Yeah, be cautious. Because if you did, because yeah. I was thinking about that, I was cutting something with a knife, and I was like, sharpen oh. your knives. Yeah. Sharpen your knives. Like if I cut or my hand really badly, cut you. Yeah, I wouldn't want to go to the I hospital. I'd super glue it. Be like, fuck I it. Know. I've been nicking myself. My hands are all nicked because I've been so nervous. I like mm. been nervously like chopping carrots and like <laughs> nicking my knuckles, and like I tried to open a takeout carrier. I was my boyfriend went and got out like got to go from a Thai restaurant, and I was so like nervous when I was opening up the to-go container that I like sliced my pointer finger in the container. On the plastic? Like, oh my God. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. On the plastic. I sliced my finger open from a plastic container because I was just like nervously opening my to-go food because I was like, oh my God. And I, I feel like people are like, if you don't have a practice to like keep your, uh, your stress down it's not like we and, and and in some ways this like stay at home it's like it's for some people like staying at home is fine you have a partner that you respect that respects you that's like nice to you but like you know some people are not as lucky and not in such like environments that are conducive to a calm stress-free zone right. it's like oh that's not very comedic this isn't very no no funny. hey it doesn't it's so hard. We did a we did a Zoom thing tonight. It is so, so weird to, to try to right do now. comedy for people on a video. It is so antithetical to anything that I'm used to. I did it anyway, but still. Yeah, oh, that's good practice. That's I good practice. Guess. Like, look at me perform in front of a camera. What would I do? I feel like it's I'm. I feel like it's I like I feel like I was in junior high again auditioning for the for the Disney Channel or something <laughs> where I like had a VHS thing and I'd like press play and run around to the side and be like, "Hey Disney, I want to be on your show." And then like, you know, sing a little song and do a little dance. Felt I like know. that. Yeah. Like that. I'm watching now on the PBS Science uh, Food Science show they're they're literally showing like in like five minutes of this man milking a cow, oh, like I'm looking yeah. at cow nips. Ooh, long I and feel weird. Bad for the cows, yo. Does that feel good to them? Like, do they wish it was a baby milk, like eating them, or do they like the male hands? That's a good question. <laughs> they have to uh, roll down. The, uh, you know, cows seeing a cow nipple like that makes me feel just so much better about my own nipples because I feel like they're so big. But not yeah, as, but but then in comp- perspective, you know, when you look at a cow's udder, which has like four That's weird nipply appendages, exactly. like mine are fine. They're fine. Yeah, yours are fine. They're fine. I was watching The Godfather last night. The and, Godfather, uh, which you know, one? The Godfather, the first one. Oh, good. And I was looking at the girl who he marries, the like Italian girl. She's very young. <laughs> And she shows her full breasts, and her breasts look to be about 15 years old. Oh. <laughs> she was very young, that actress, whoever she was. Young. Well, 
boobs. Everyone loves boobs. You know, I think this is a strange theory, and I don't know if it's a joke or not, but I did learn it in a gender studies class in like the 90s, so I sort of believe it. But that women have more of a propensity to be bi because we are able to birth children and they can suckle and we can love them. You can love a boy and a girl equally. Because yeah. you're able to care for them and literally like feed them. Yeah. So you can create a, an intimate connection with both men and women. With both genders. With it both doesn't genders. Matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. My bi is made sense by that. I feel that. <laughs> right on. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any other? Would you, uh, uh, tell everybody again about your Instagram 1245 to 145. 1245 to 145 Pacific. Monday um, through yeah, Thursday. Monday through Thursday. Because I'm predicting we don't go to a five-day work week after this. Like, I hope after this is all said and done, whenever we do get back to normal, it will never be normal again to go Monday through Friday work week. I think we're going to do Monday through Thursday. That's my hope. That's my dream. Sure. That we cut it down. Because, like, I don't think we're needed to work as much as we were working. <laughs> like, I don't oh, think I agree we're with needed that. to work that much. I right mean, now, so much is automated. I don't think we need to do it. So I'm doing Monday through Thursday, 12:45 to 1:45 on Instagram. My handle is Joanna Batemans. That's J-O-A-N-N-A-B-A-T-E-M-A-N-S. Joanna Batemans Instagram. And uh, on Monday, I've got comedian Marcus Howard. Oh right, he's hilarious. Guest. He's hilarious. He's so funny. And I also have this woman from Los Angeles. She's like a Reiki healer. And we're going to talk about, like, intentions and, like, the shadow side of this current moment. Wow. Like, the power of our words and just setting some intentions for the week of, like, what I want my my show to be, which is a place of connection and lightheartedness and, like, Positivity and, and just like fuck it, like this is the entertainment wild wild west now. Like everything is shut down, people aren't together. Like everybody's at home staring at their phones. So I'm trying to like be on that. Yeah, hell yeah. Catch it while it's hot, baby. <laughs> yeah, you know. So, anyways, that's my thing. But Pam, I love you so oh, much. Oh, Trina, you're the for best. Having me on. Yeah, thank you for calling in to Mutiny Radio. We're still here. You can, you can stream us all the time. Get our app. And uh, thank you again, Joanna Bateman, for calling in. Yay! Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Yay, love you, bye. Yay. Yay. Uh, yes, you can. You can, uh, you can get our app. That's what you can do. You can stream us live. It's uh, free on your iPhone. You could also listen on your Samsung or whatever us to mutinyradio.fm if you're listening now. Or maybe you're listening to this later. I'm going to move some things over to the night playlist. So, yeah, Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse, it seems like it's no longer, doesn't it? It's kind of sad uh, that we don't have comedians for you. Sorry! But I will put on some lovely, most likely, flat black plastic, and he will be back tomorrow. I believe I will also be back tomorrow for the afternoon show. Oh, this is, everything is all messed up here. Dang it, dang it, dang it.
Hello, and welcome to the Weekly Review with Roman. Today it's Friday, December 20th, 2019. Thanks so much for tuning in. We are broadcasting live from Mutiny Radio. We're in San Francisco, and we are on Ohlone land. And one way, a couple ways folks can give back to the land is if you donate to the Shumi land tax, and that's S-H-U-U-M-I land tax. And those are folks in the East Bay. And then also, if you'd like to learn more, you can go to R-A-M com and learn about the Ramaytosh Ohlone folks, people who are still here on the land, and learn about the history, a lot of which was not taught. So, we have a show. I say we have a show. Sometimes folks say, we've got a great show, and the thing is, I can't predict the future. I feel like I'm in- intuitive, however, I don't know what's going to happen. I think it'll be cool. I always enjoy being here, and it's... I've been doing this for a little over six years, which is pretty remarkable. And if you know me, there's not, I guess there's some things I've done for more than six years at a time. However, I feel really passionate about this and I'm grateful for all the listeners out there. Perhaps you're a new listener, perhaps you've been listening for a while. Really grateful for the folks who tune in and all the folks who've been guests on the show and people who've called in. And it's a really amazing opportunity to get to speak to folks. I end up learning so much and it's a reminder of having the face-to-face conversations and how much we can learn from one another. I end up doing a lot of listening on the show. I do talk, of course, as well. Sometimes I listen more than talk. And today we'll be, we are planning to have, we have a call scheduled for around 1230. We'll be talking about the action that happened at PG&E, the PG&E headquarters this early Monday morning, this past Monday morning. So looking forward to hearing more information about that. And I do have some news stories. And if you think, wow, if you've listened to the show a lot before and you think I sound very calm, it's because I have a really cute little pup on my lap named Sparrow. Sparrow is no stranger to the radio station. She's been here many times before. Um, when we're walking down, she knows we're going in. And it's really comforting to have a little pup on your lap, especially when going through news that may be triggering and or depressing and frustrating and scary. And then there's a little little pup here, so it's nice. And I'm feeling pretty calm. We'll see what happens when I get to the news, though. I might start sighing and groaning as I usually do. So, oh, what a cutie. You can't see because there's not a camera. Well, there's a, I guess we could always get a camera in here. <sighs> start off the show with some music. First off was a cover of the Fleetwood Mac song, The Chain, by the High Women. I heard that this morning on The Current, and I was like, oh, that's a good cover. And then we heard uh, Ravi Shankar's uh, Chance of India, and that was Vandana... And my apologies if I am mispronouncing that. And that's from the Chance of India Ravi Shankar album CD we have here at the station. And I'll be playing that throughout the show. I haven't heard a lot of it. I am being licked on my hand. Okay. Um, so that brings me to the first. Hi. Hi, Spar. Oh, I'm getting kisses. I'm getting kisses. Okay. <laughs> I did want to speak about a few events. Also, I have not been on Facebook for a while and it's been amazing for my mental health. I assumed this would happen and it's beyond. And I feel I went back on just to check messages briefly and I was like, oof. Uh, not the messages, but just the the format of it and then also just the fact that the, it's just run by folks who align themselves with uh, white nationalists. And to support that, I think is, for me, I just can't do that anymore. I'm, I think I'm in the process of... I've quit in the past and I've also threatened to quit and I keep on wanting to go and just get my photos and delete my profile and make sure I've got the contact info and that's the main thing is that I appreciate all the contacts I have on there and also as an artist it's easy to network 
and to, to promote your work. And I often think, wow, if Facebook had been any other way, it could have been, I mean, things could be so different if they hadn't sold people's private information, if they hadn't aligned themselves with the state and with law enforcement. If, did I say advertising already? Because that too, if they hadn't uh, taken the side of white supremacists, if they hadn't silenced activists, all of those things. Imagine, yeah, okay. Uh, I think they're also like against nudity, but okay with a lot of violence. Like that's not good. Anyway, I did want to share some sparrows being very playful. Okay, upcoming events that folks can get to. And I recognize I feel distraught a lot of the time recognizing what's happening in the world. And also I want to provide action items and ways that folks can participate and also that reminder, I say it for myself as much as anyone, that reminder that there are so many different ways to show up and we all have different abilities and capabilities and sometimes it's good to rest. And there are so many events and so many folks who are organizing that there's always, if you're up for it, there's always gonna be a way that folks can show up, whether that's going there in person, whether that's spreading the word or sharing information or having conversations with folks. If you happen to have capital, I mention this sometimes, if you happen to have it and can donate to grassroots organizations or folks in need, there are so many ways to show up. And also just to correct the media narrative. I mean, the, the media, corporate media goes in line with the state and with law enforcement. And there's so much misinformation out there. And I feel if the narrative were really on the side of the people, if we could put the truth out there, not that I sound like I'm quoting the X-Files here, but honestly, if we could put the truth out there, the actual of what, what's actually happening to folks, if that narrative was put front and center, then things would shift dramatically. And it's because people are lied to, there's a lot of fear mongering, and the wealthy decide to want to keep the rest of us fighting amongst one another for what we think are scraps, even though there's plenty of resources. It's just that there's some folks who hoard them. So what, what can we do? What does one thing I do with this show, or I try to do, is to to share information that might not be heard elsewhere. I'm sure it's heard elsewhere, but just an additional voice. And there's so many different ways to show up and to spread information and knowledge. So I try to do that here. Okay. So I did want to share an event that's happening tomorrow in San Francisco that folks can participate in. And this is California Against CAA. It says uh, California Against the Citizenship Amendment Act opposed CAA and NRC in solidarity with Aligarh Muslim University, um, Amia Milia or Jamia Milia Islamia University, Assam and Kashmir. And that is happening tomorrow, Saturday, December 21st from 10 a.m. to noon at the Consulate General of India, which is at 540 Arguello Boulevard in San Francisco. There's a Facebook invite, and this was organized by, just as by Organized South Asians, and that's organized with an S instead of a Z. So if you're in the Bay Area and able to show up, please show up and or share this event with others. There have been protests. Um, there's a lot of protests happening in India. There is protests happening in Toronto. They're happening all around. There are protests happening all around the world. And I've been saying that. It feels weird to say I. People have been saying that. People have been saying that there have been protests, and I want to just share that. And as a reminder, there's happening in, in Chile all around the world that folks are organizing and showing up. So I wanted to share that with folks. Okay, so that's one event that's coming up that folks can participate in. And I've got a few news articles here. 
and I'm going to get to, we've got about 14 minutes or so before we get our caller coming in, calling in. And I am uh, without a computer at the moment, in front of me that is, but I've got a little, I shouldn't say that though, because I've got the phone, which is a computer in itself. So I'm going to bring up some articles here and share, if I might, um, hold on. I guess I'm the one running this thing, so really uh, on my timing here. Okay, so I tried to bring up these tabs in advance. I'll start off with uh, folks who are organizing at Google who've been fired, many of whom are queer. And there's someone named uh, Catherine Spears, and you can follow Catherine at, on Twitter at E-I-A-L-S. And Catherine says, I was fired last week by Google for organizing. All I did was make a pop-up to share the labor notice Google has to share with its workers. Three hours later, management came to my desk, took my phone, laptop, escorted me away. I never got to say goodbye. My story. And so there's a story in medium.com, and I'll read a little bit of this. I've heard a little bit, and I'd like to educate myself more. So Google fires another worker for exercising her rights and protecting coworkers from illegal company retaliation. And this came out on December 16th, written by Catherine Spears. Catherine says, my name is Catherine Spears. I was at Google for just under two years. I worked on the platform security team focusing on Chrome's use within Google. Part of my job was to write browser notifications so that my coworkers can be automatically notified of employee guidelines and company policies while they surf the web. I was very good at my job at, at I was very good at my job, and Google has acknowledged this. My last three performance reviews have gone four to five stars, strongly exceeds in Google internal language, four to five stars, five to five stars, five to five, five stars, superb in internal language. And to give some context to this, only 2% of Google workers get a five out of five rating each review cycle. Two months ago when I received five out of five stars, I was also promised, or excuse me, also promoted as part of my role as a security engineer from L2 to L3 in internal Google language. Part of what makes me a great fit for Google is that the company is always telling us to take initiative to deliver high impact work. Recently, Google was forced to post a list of rights that we have in the workplace. So when I heard that Google had hired a union busting firm and started illegally retaliating against my coworkers, I decided to make sure that my coworkers knew about the posting and Catherine says that she created a little notification, only a few lines of code that pops up in the corner of the browser whenever her coworkers visited the Union Busters website or the community guidelines policy. The notification said, Googlers have the right to participate in protected, concerted activities. And I'm going to scroll down a little bit, learning some more about this. And I do recognize they a lot of folks had also been protesting in terms of Google working with the military and folks did not want their work to go to create more weaponry and more harm. And a highlighted piece in here is what I did is entirely consistent with Google's mission of organizing the world's information and making it universally accessible and useful. And goes down a little bit further more. So yeah, I wanted to share that. And for some reason, I thought that was also going to be along the lines of the other folks who had been fired, although it all comes in when folks speak up sometimes. <sighs> I 
people are retaliated against. Here we go. And so Catherine has also said, I was involved with past organizing at Google. This includes protesting Google, developing drones for the military, and speaking out against Google's work. Oops. One moment. And it was with uh, Customs and Border Patrol. So that was... That was what Catherine shared, and so I wanted to share that with some folks as well. And I apologize for uh, this taking a bit longer to get to than I had hoped. I'm going to go back down and con continue reading this. There we go. This includes protesting Google, developing drones for the military, and speaking out against Google's work for CBP. Tech is not immoral. Tech workers, as tech workers, she says, we must take responsibility over the products we build. We cannot let upper management dictate how we use our labor. Google would be a far better firm, smarter, and more ethical if workers had more control over what they create. That's what I'm fighting for. And she says, and I don't plan to stop fighting with help from CWA Union. And you can follow them at CWA Union on Twitter. My lawyer filed an unfair labor practice charge yesterday to the NLRB. And... She has shared that and also, yes, wanting to encourage all workers to show up and everyone who is a worker has a right to decide what they create. So thank Catherine as one of the many people who has showed up and spoken out. If more workers spoke out, then I'd imagine there'd be far less militarism. Okay. Next up, and it's this thing where I want to uh, organize things very well, and then sometimes things aren't quite as, I'm not quite on, as on top of it as I had hoped. That's okay, though. Oftentimes, I also begin the show with a rant, and it's disgusting that there's still sweeps happening here in San Francisco. The Coalition on Homelessness is a great org to donate to. Oh, also, if you're in Oakland, that's another thing I wanted to ask folks to do is to donate and show up for Moms for Housing, and it's Moms in the number four housing. And they, today is uh, there's a phone zap to hashtag Save Moms House, and you can also follow them on Twitter for more information. Friday, it's the Wedgwood headquarters. So for folks who don't know, uh, there are, I would imagine everyone must know that there are plenty of folks out there without housing who deserve housing, and there are a lot of empty homes out there, which is ridiculous. There's more empty homes than there are people who need homes. So it should just make sense that folks who need homes should have access to these homes. And so there's a family in Oakland who decided to move into a vacant home, and obviously it improves one's life in, in all respects once you have housing if you haven't had it for a while and of course the company that owns the house or says they own the house because who's just you know that's a whole other debate we have to have uh doesn't want them there because it they need to somehow make a profit because they put profit over people like so many companies do and so they've had a the family's had a lot of support and a lot of community groups are looking to challenge this corporation to say why we know that there's a housing crisis so why are they contributing this this family moving into this one house is 
good for everybody. And if you can't see that, then it, it feels silly that I'm even having to, to speak this because it doesn't make, it shouldn't even be, it shouldn't even be a conversation, honestly. It should just be a fact that it, the more everyone is taken care of, the better things will be for everyone. Don't you want a society where folks have what they need? It, and maybe I'm just, it, it's hard for me to even understand folks who would argue against that. And perhaps they haven't been in the position, perhaps they don't think about it, perhaps they're only thinking about profit. And profit never never helped anybody. So a there's a phone zap that's happening today for Wedgwood headquarters, and you can call 310-640-3070. You can dial zero to speak to a human, and the call script is hello, I'm a supporter of Moms for Housing. And I'm calling to ask why Wedgwood is refusing to meet with community groups to address your company's role in the housing crisis. And uh, you can also follow on Twitter for much more information, including more background information and other ways that folks can show up, as well as getting texts of, <sighs> yes, daily texts of action items that folks can take, so whether or not you can show up in person. And, and thankfully, initially, they had been threatened to be evicted on the 17th, and the sheriff decided to not do that. So that was good. Um, so if you go to momsforhousing.org, and again, that's moms, the number four housing.org, you can find more updates and more information and ways to support. You can also donate. And they say there are four times as many empty homes in Oakland as there are people without homes. They say, uh, no one should be homeless, and I agree with this, of course. No one should be homeless when homes are sitting empty. Housing is a human right. The Moms for Housing are uniting mothers, neighbors, and friends to reclaim housing for the Oakland community from the big banks and real estate speculators. Moms for Housing is a collective of homeless and marginally housed mothers. Before we found each other, we felt alone in this struggle, but there are thousands of others like us here in Oakland and all across the Bay Area. We are coming together with the ultimate goal of reclaiming housing for the community from speculators and profiteers. We are mothers, we are workers, we are human beings, and we deserve housing. Our children deserve housing. Housing is a human right. And you can send a text to 510-800-7810 to get updates. Again, send a text to 510-800-7810 to get updates. They're on Facebook, they're on Twitter and Instagram as well. They had an interview on KALW that's linked on the page as well. And there are many more articles. So yes, please do support these folks. And again, direct action gets the goods. We're going to take a bit of a music break, and then we'll be back with a call very shortly. So please do stay tuned.
and welcome back to Weekly Review. I am joined on the phone by Max. Max, thanks for calling in. Hi, thank you. Thanks yeah. for inviting me. Uh, absolutely. So I was hoping we could talk a little bit about the action that happened uh, this past Monday outside the PG&E headquarters. Yeah, so um, on Monday we uh, shut down PG&E. It was a coalition of disability justice activists and fat activists and environmental justice activists, climate justice activists, um, and there's a, a new movement called Utility Justice, which is mm -hmm. kind of a coalition of those folks uh, and frontline groups who are most impacted by climate change and utility issues. So we were uh, acting in support of the Utility Justice Coalition and shutting down the headquarters of PG&E uh, to basically demand that they pay attention to the needs of frontline communities and disabled people. You know, they've been... Um, They've been ba they've been basically blamed for numerous wildfires in the past couple of years, and uh, because they have faulty equipment that they haven't been maintaining, mm -hmm. and meanwhile they've been giving uh, lots of payouts to shareholders, <laughs> um, and not using the money they have to repair their equipment. And you know, PG&E is owned by you know these big money interests who don't even live anywhere near here and they're mm -hmm. just it's a business yes you know yes. designed to make money and right. um so their answer to um the liability issues around causing wildfires was basically to shut the power down which has a huge impact on many people particularly people who rely on electricity to survive so right. anybody who's poor and can't afford to replace that food in their refrigerator mm -hmm. that's going to rot Anybody who's disabled and uses a CPAP machine to breathe or oxygen or needs to refrigerate their medication, all these different communities have major problems when they lose their electricity. So yes. we were protesting um, because of that. Yeah. And how did, was there any response from PG&E or any workers that you spoke with? Uh, you know, that's a good question. I didn't really interact with any – well, no, I did interact with one worker who, <laughs> yes. was, uh, who was angry with me because um, I I was locked to the door, and there were new, numerous people locked to the doors, and she couldn't get in. And she was angry because she's, she said, I'm 62, and I just want to go to work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and why aren't you protesting Trump instead? Hmm. And I was like, well, we are protesting Trump. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, they're not exclusive. But, you know, it, she was inconvenienced. And, um, you know, yeah, it was a drag for workers to have to walk around and try to figure out how they could get in the building. It's a huge building. It's like a, it takes up an entire city block. Wow. And we had almost all the entrances blocked. Mm -hmm. So it was difficult for people to get in. And that was part of our goal was to um, impair their operations at their headquarters right. and, for the day. And that minor inconvenience for them is nothing compared to what folks without power had to go through. Yeah. Well, that's what I said to her, actually. I was like, you know, disabled people died in the last power shutoffs, and she just kind of gave me a look and just kept walking away. Mm. <laughs> so it's difficult for people to deal with being inconvenienced sure. and to see the bigger picture. Right. I think especially when you're a worker for the that company mm -hmm. and have a have a place in that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and you feel like your own survival is tied to it. Right, right, right. Yeah. So I was glad to see so many different folks um, come through, and I really appreciate that the different organizations came together. And I was hoping you could talk a little bit about the organizational process, if you'd like. You mean the organizational process of the protest itself? Sure. Well, so uh, it was we used a spokes council model. Mm -hmm. And um, so, you know, the I guess it was the Democratic Socialists of America or the San Francisco Democratic Socialists of America. I don't know. I'm not really familiar with their whole structure. Mm -hmm. But some some of those folks and some of the environmental folks um, from Rising Tide, mm -hmm. Diablo Rising Tide, I think they are the ones who sort of started the organizing and invited different groups. Oh. And um, they invited the group that I'm involved in. Um, it's a coalition called Power to Live. Mm -hmm. And we formed during some of the power shutoffs um, as a way to try to um, support mutual aid among disabled folks mm -hmm. because, you know, people were really struggling with, oh, my God, I need electricity. And not only do I need electricity, but I need to be able to stay someplace that's wheelchair accessible. Right. Like, you know, those are big needs, you know, in the yeah. middle of a power shutoff. Um, so try, trying to make sure that everybody had what they needed and uh, support that. So we, be, we became part of Power to Live. And I work with an organization called Fat Rose. We organize fat people. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, there's lots of intersection between fat and disability. And we've been doing different organizing with disability justice communities for a while. And so Power to Live grew out of those relationships. And um, so, you know, we were like, yeah, we, you know, th th this shutdown of PG&E is actually a really important yeah. move. And we want to be involved. And so they ended up deciding they wanted to actually center disability and the impact on disabled people for this particular action. Mm -hmm. So that was interesting to us. It's like, that's, it's not often that that happens. Yes. And, you know, really, I feel like the coalition that came together and the fact that it included disability and disabled organizers mm -hmm. and also fat and fat organizers, like the, the word fat was actually named in the press release. Mm -hmm. That's unprecedented mm -hmm. in, in my experience. That co coalition of different kinds of groups is actually unprecedented. There's, you know, a, a history of um, a, a huge amount of ableism and mm -hmm. certainly fat phobia and fat hatred so that fat and disabled folks just aren't really in movements in great numbers, you know. Mm -hmm. So it was interesting, an interesting experience to be able to uh, form this coalition in order to do this action and experience uh, working with environmental groups where I never would have imagined myself really doing that. So yeah. It was a good experience. Definitely. It's really great when, when folks come together and we realize that we all, you know, the more of us who come together, the more powerful we are. Well, yeah. I mean, ultimately we really need each other. Yes. Yes. You know, we cannot do this alone. And um, to, to, to group with people in our own identities is really important at some level. Mm -hmm. And, we need to go beyond that too. Right. You know, it's like we, we need it to support us to be able to be ourselves in this really fucked up world, but we also need to come together and support each other. And so I feel like that's my biggest motivation right now is to figure out how to organize across movements, mm -hmm. across identities, and start to come together. Yes, yes. 
and I was also impressed that the the media I know for better or for worse uh, did sh- come up come through. So I felt that they was, really did. I was surprised because I've been to a lot of actions in the past, and sometimes they they don't come at all, or if they do, then it's a little bit problematic in terms of how they want to spin the narrative. And mm-hmm. I was just impressed by how quickly they came and how open they seemed. Yeah, I was too. And, you know, I think that pg e is kind of a hot issue right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> no, I mean, I think there's a lot of hot issues kind of coming together, right? We've yes. got, you know, climate chaos. Yes. We've got pg e which is totally messed up beyond belief. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've got people questioning capitalism, right? We've got all thank, these people going, goodness. wow, maybe this utility should be publicly owned. Yeah. Radical, but <laughs> but people are agreeing with it, you yes. know? So there's all these things coming together. And, you know, the fact that people actually literally died because mm-hmm. of the shutoff, mm-hmm. you know, that's huge. Yes. Right? It's not just the fires that kill people. It's right. actually the way you're the way you're managing your response is killing people too. Yes. So yeah, I think there's it's just like a weird um convergence of things happening and you know, maybe it's what they call a movement moment mm-hmm. or a whirlwind. I don't know. I'm just sort of learning about um the way that movements work and the you know, the way change happens and I feel like that you know, that seems like this is a bit of a whirlwind that we managed to get in and at like the exact right time or something. <laughs> yes, yes. And also, I mean, as you mentioned, it affects everybody. So folks don't have the option. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a thing where sometimes folks only get involved if it affects them or their friends or their families. And right. this is something where with the climate is that it's affecting everyone and people can no longer look away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Unless they can go build a bunker in New Zealand. <laughs> well, yeah, those or build a rocket ship and go into outer space. Sure. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. So what's, is there yeah. anything that's happening next that you'd like to share or promote or other ways that listeners might be able to get involved in the organizations that you mentioned? Well, we're actually talking about doing um, – so speaking of media, <laughs> we're talking about um, doing some more media – uh, campaigns and keeping the momentum going of mm-hmm. the media. And this is particularly among the Power to Live folks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a number of folks whose stories we'd really like to highlight and yes. get out uh, in the media. And, you know, during the last power shutoff, I talked to the New York Times and they were not very interested in what we felt like the story was. Mm. <laughs> they really wanted like a sensational story of someone who's suffering in the moment and, you know, to send a reporter to someone's house where they're struggling and, you know, can, it, yeah, it was, it was a little bit gross, but I guess it's not surprising. It's yes. News, the New York times. That's what yeah. they do. Yes. And, um, you know, we felt like the story was actually the amazing mutual aid network we built as disabled and fat people, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it was phenomenal. The organizing we did, and we felt like that was the story, right? Yes, so, yes. So just this experience of realizing that, like, the mainstream media isn't going to necessarily want what we have to offer, and we have to tell our own stories. Right, right. So I feel like there's we've got some work to do there that we really want to engage in. And, um, yeah, I mean, if folks want to tell their stories around how they have uh, – how the power shutoffs have impacted them, how the fires have impacted them – we would love to hear them and help tell them. Great. Potentially. And how can folks get so, in touch or what's the best way? 
The, um, we made a website. It's um, powertolivecoalition.org. Mm-hmm. So that's probably the easiest way to get in touch with us. Okay. Or you could, well, no, we don't have a Facebook page. So, yeah, that's the easiest way. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, hopefully there are some you know listeners out there where I feel like it's definitely there's so much to feel – frustrated and angry and scared of that's happening right now and one way to counter that is through activism and there's so many different ways for folks to show up so it's really helpful to be able to uh, know that there are so many folks organizing and providing outlets for people mm-hmm. yeah I mean it feels like ultimately what we have is each other mm-hmm. and so that's where we need to turn Indeed. you know we can't be always looking outward because the state and the corporations are not going to protect us. <laughs> they're not on our side. No, they're not. Well, the sooner no. m- more folks realize that, I think the stronger we'll be. Definitely. Definitely. Well, thank you. Well, oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say thank you for, um, you know, pr- promoting this protest and this work that we're doing and for all of the work that you are doing. Oh, absolutely. It's, uh, yeah, it's many, there's so many different ways to show up and that's something that I've learned over the years. So I'm happy to help spread the word. Excellent. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. And, uh, hope to, uh, see you again soon. Okay. Take care, Roman. All right. You too, Max. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Big thanks to Max for calling in and for all the folks organizing. <sighs> it's that thing where I do this, you know, we read the news and it's it's depressing and we there's these big corporations that are causing a lot of harm. And then there are folks who are countering that and it's through organizing and folks showing up that that make a make a change. All right, I'm gonna take another little music break here. I'm gonna take the little pup outside, get some fresh air, and then we'll be back uh, in a bit. So please do stay tuned.
Welcome back to Weekly Review. Again, big thank you to Max for calling in. And this past, this last song is from Ravi Shankar Chants of India, and that was Asato Ma. Next up, we have a, another news article about people showing up and doing cool things. That's a new song. All right, this is from on Twitter, Jeff Shirky. And you can follow Jeff at J E F F S eight. S-C-H-U-H-R-K-E. Um, and Jeff says, grades at USC, which is University of California at Santa Cruz, weren't submitted by last night's deadline. Faculty, undergrads, local officials all support striking grad workers who need a hashtag C-O-L-A, yet admin does nothing. Chancellor Cynthia Larive won't even mention the strike. Hashtag don't submit hash or er, at pay us more UCSC. And the article from the Santa Cruz Sentinel.com is on eve of deadline. No signs of resolution for USC, excuse me, UCSC grading strike. So I'm going to read this article. And written by Nicholas Ibarra. This came out on December 18th, 2019. And there's a photo here. I'll read the caption. Paloma Medina, a biomolecular engineering PhD candidate and teaching assistant at UC Santa Cruz, fires up a crowd of fellow wildcat striking teaching assistants and supporters outside Kerr Hall's UCSC administrative offices on Tuesday when TAs reiterated they will not turn in student grades before a Wednesday night deadline. Santa Cruz, an unauthorized strike held by UC Santa Cruz graduate student. Got a little pup on the lap. 
Okay, an, un an unauthorized strike held by UC Santa Cruz graduate students was set to come to a head overnight Wednesday with scores of teaching assistants saying they would not submit students' grades by a midnight deadline unless given a sizable raise. Min mid meh. <laughs> Excuse me. Meanwhile, support for the striking students, including from hundreds of UCSC faculty, undergraduates, students at other UC campuses, and Santa Cruz City Council members, continued to grow as the strike entered a second week. Arguing they cannot afford housing in Santa Cruz's notoriously pricey rental market, the striking students are demanding a $1,412 monthly wage increase. The raise, they say, would bring their wages in line with counterparts at UC Riverside when cost of living is taken into account. Until their demand is met, the students said they would refuse to submit grades from the fall quarter as required as part of their duties as teaching assistants and graduate student instructors. Some have reportedly taken the additional step of deleting grades that had already been submitted to the campus's online grading portal prior to the strike's start December 8th. Exceptions were made Exceptions were being made for the students for students whose standing would be jeopardized by having their grades withheld, according to multiple striking students. Students first demanded the pay increase in a November 7th letter to UCSC Chancellor Cynthia Larive before announcing the strike December 8th. Larive or Larive, excuse me, uh, has yet to publicly address the strike and was unavailable for comment. But on the eve of the Wednesday deadline, it remained unclear how many students would follow through with withholding grades. The action was not authorized by the UAW 2865 union, which represents most graduate student workers across the UC system and participating students could face repercussions such as withholding of pay and termination. Striking students who have spoken out publicly, however, said they expect hundreds of graduate students to withhold grades, citing a straw poll and what they said was unanimous support from 200 graduate students at a December 8th strike meeting. In the wake of that meeting, support for the strike has only grown, according to film and digital media doctoral student Yulia Gilinskaya. Our presence and the outreach we've done, I think, convinced a lot of people who weren't necessarily on board to join, she said Wednesday. I cannot predict the exact number, but I'm, but I'm expecting it's hundreds of TAs. Prospects for... An agreement between the striking students and university administrators appeared slim Wednesday as campus administrators refused to meet with the students until the strike is ended. We're looking forward to engaging with graduate students once this unsanctioned disruption ends, which in some instances includes not only withholding grades and blue books in which students have written their final examinations, but also deleting students' grades, said UCSC spokesman Scott Hernandez-Jason in a statement. Further frustrating the possibility of an amicable resolution, the contract setting graduate students' wages is negotiated between UAW 2865 by the University of California as a whole, not by the Santa Cruz campus. To discuss terms and conditions of employment, our campus must work through and with the system-wide UAW 2865 organization, Hernandez Jason said. The local representative is not authorized to bargain on behalf of the UAW. Striking students insist the administration could negotiate, arguing they are seeking a cost-of-living raise on behalf of all graduate students, not just those represented by the union. We know that's an excuse. We know that that's an excuse, and there are always right ways around this. Gilins excuse me. Gilinskaya said of the administration's refusal to meet. 
She pointed to precedent such as UC San Francisco's $2,500 cost of living supplement and the history of a of side letter agreements made in response to unauthorized labor strikes as potential models for negotiation. Because our demand is wider than UAW membership, it doesn't need to be a UAW negotiation. A typical graduate student, UCSC, works half-time as a teaching assistant in exchange for a tuition waiver and roughly $2,434 in monthly wages for nine months uh, per year, according to information provided by campus officials. Many striking students have reported spending upward of 50% of their income on rent and shared stories of foregoing meals to afford rent, crowded shared housing conditions, and living in their cars. The average monthly rent of a one-bedroom apartment listed by the UCSC Community Rentals Office in 2018 was $2,079, while shared or single rooms in a house were listed for an average of $1,117. For anthropology doctoral student Brenda Aryona, those wages translate to spending what she had said worked out to spending about 78% of her take-home pay on housing. Speaking at a Tuesday afternoon rally in front of UCSC's Kerr Hall, Aryona, or Arjona uh, said she lives on campus in family student housing with her 10-year-old son. She said she had her power shut off at the beginning of the quarter due to her inability to pay her bills and has seriously considered dropping out of the program. The problem is that after paying three quarters of my paycheck back to the university for housing, I am left with less than $500 each month to pay the rest of my bills, Arjona said. Grad students should not be ashamed that they cannot afford to pay their rent or bills, she added. The university should be ashamed that they can't pay us enough to live here. Excuse me, that they don't. Excuse me. The university should be ashamed that they don't pay us enough to live here. To date, more than 400 UCSC faculty members have signed a petition supporting the striking students and endorsing their demand for a pay increase. The demand was also endorsed by UCSC Undergraduate Student Union Assembly in a resolution passed December 13th. At least 15 UCSC departments have committed not to retaliate against participating students, according to copies of letters from the departments reviewed by this news organization. Tuesday, Santa Cruz Mayor Justin Cummings and two fellow council members penned a letter of support for the striking students, endorsing their demand for a wage increase and calling on the UCSC administration to meet with striking students. As elected officials wanting to see the best outcome for all, we support a COLA, which is cost of living adjustment increase, and a speedy resolution to this matter, Cummings and council members Chris Crone and Sandy Brown said in the letter. If you would like to call on the auspices of the mayor and city council, we stand ready to assist in any mediation effort as the resolution to this issue moves forward. Hmm. So again, you can find this in the Santa Cruz Sentinel, and this came out on December 18th and was written by Nicholas Ibarra. Next up, I have a positive news story. I know that's shocking. And in this way, and I think the one I just read was also positive. I mean, it's the positive news stories are oftentimes when something really negative is happening and people take action, and then it, it's a positive thing because people are taking action, although it's really frustrating that the situation had to exist in the first place. However, I'm very grateful for positive things and, and yeah, positive things like that to share and folks taking action. It's a good thing and want to celebrate and not diminish um, because that's, it takes a lot of work to organize and it can be risky. And at the same time, when folks do that, sometimes there's a really positive result. So sending lots of love and solidarity to all the students out there protesting and on strike.
Next up, it's a longer article, and I'll be sharing a little bit of it and then playing a music break. I was going to go right to a music break. Um, however, Sparrow is on the, my lap, and I don't want to disturb her right now. So we're going to start off with this. And this is from Future Crunch, and it's uplifting news. And sometimes I think, ooh, uplifting news. What? Yeah, okay, great. Like, wow, a puppy was born. Or, oh, the truth. So, you know, and it's sometimes hard to look at the, for me, going to speak for myself, knowing all the terrible things that are happening in the world and how, especially in the U.S., I mean, things are happening, terrible things are happening all over the world. I don't want to diminish that. But knowing how the U.S. is an imperialist and the military actions and the, the ICE is still hap- is still a thing. ICE has not been abolished yet, and there's mass incarceration, and there's police officers killing people, and I go down, and then crim- poverty is criminalized, and then there's gay bashings and trans bashings, and it's like ah, and uh, reproductive health care is even more un- in under it's. There's more attacks on that and, and healthcare in general. And okay, so there's all these terrible things that are happening. And also, there are folks who are showing up. I just talked myself into a corner because now I'm like, oh my gosh, things are terrible. However, there are also positive things happening, oftentimes in retaliation to the negative things that are happening and folks organizing. And oh, yeah, climate change, that's a big one. So these are positive news stories that happened in 2019. And the title is that stories that we may have missed. And there's a few things I knew about, a few things I didn't, and it's from all around the world. And I also recognize here with the show, I definitely have a more of a Bay Area lens and then also more United States lens and then so on and so forth. And a lot of it's just, okay, what information do I have access to? What do I have time for? What um, is my emotional capability in terms of what can I share? What can I read and share? And I know it varies from week to week. If folks have listened before, it's no show is exactly the same in terms of the, the content or my mood or the language I use or music. It's all, it's different. Just like life. It's fluid. It's never linear. And I would like to have more of a whole world analysis, not necessarily analysis. I mean, there's so many people, there's so many things happening. How can one even begin to, I mean, this is, I've, I've said this before. It's like a, it's a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a fraction. This is just through my lens from what I've, learned and how I understand it and hopefully you know hopefully I am evolving and learning with time and making mistakes and then becoming a better more open evolved person and there's so it's growing up in this country even there's so I mean the brainwashing I think I always had some sense of it that things were messed up but I never had quite a full idea of just how much has been left out, deliberately left out from education in this country and how much brainwashing there has been in the media. And also came of age just as cable television was sprouting and Fox News and how I feel like there was always misinformation, certainly, and covering up the truth. And then the propaganda really went into full swing, like hardcore um, in a way that uh, I think was unprecedented, at least for from the from the media standpoint, I guess, where it's really just coming into people's homes in a way. And how does one even, even though I feel like I've grown up with a wanting to, to question things, there's still so much more that I want to learn and know. 
and also unlearn. And I keep on thinking about that, like how many things and how many unconscious thoughts and feelings do I have that have been not to, not to, um, not to negate my own actions or my own responsibility for my actions and thoughts. It's to, I think, understand the roots of it and also just see how much through media have, has influenced my way of thinking and my way of looking at people and looking at myself and how much is internalized and, oh, there's so much. And I mean, that's why I, I like as introverted as I can be and as shy as I can be, I do like talking with folks and hearing people's stories and recognizing you know, the humanity in everyone. And if everyone had a chance to speak their truth, how different the world would be as opposed to just a few people spreading, spreading their own ideas. Okay. Well, uh, I'm going to now play a song. Initially, I was going to go right into the story. However, I'm able to get up at the moment. And I did want to... Sometimes on shows, a variety show is like, coming up after this commercial break. You know, they try to like hook people in. And I feel like I've very rarely done that. However, I am going to do that because it's like, wow, stay tuned. Don't switch your dial, even though we're not no longer on the radio or on the internet. And people might be listening after the fact. And you can just pause it at any time anyway, or fast forward or rewind or do whatever. Uh, I do want to say, keep on listening. Because after this, we'll have 99 positive news stories from the year that one might not have known about. And I think that's pretty cool. And it definitely, it helps restore faith in humanity. All right. So here's some more music and we'll be back uh, after this. So stay tuned. <laughs> 